0: You're listening to The Holistic Spaces Podcast, brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 123, Ask Angie and Laura. Welcome to episode 123 of The Holistic Spaces Podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of The Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com and holisticspaces.com. So welcome, welcome. If you've been listening to us for a little bit, we just started a new part of our podcast called Ask Angie and Laura. And I think it was a couple months ago.
1: Do you remember, Laura? When was that? Yeah, it was, I think it was last month.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, yes. The first Ask Angie and Laura was episode 116 in April. So this is our second one. We're rounding out May, the end of May with... Another one because we got so many questions that we thought we would go ahead and answer these four more questions that we got. And I'm putting a little bit of pressure on Laura today because she hasn't seen them yet. But I and I've seen them, but I forgot. So, <laughs> so so we're gonna you're gonna see us on the fly right now. And usually actually for these podcasts, Laura and I um, keep it pretty conversational. So we don't do a whole lot of preparation. We're obviously not reading scripts at all. We're just mm-hmm. talking because no. that's what we do. And we if you talk, weren't we're sure before,
1: you're going to be sure today that we are going through <laughs> a script. So, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: Also, I want to let everyone know that be sure to sign up for our newsletter list. So the way that we're going to accept questions for Ask Angie and Laura is only for our newsletter subscribers. So the way to sign up for our newsletter is to go to mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll to the bottom. And there is a place to sign up for the newsletter. You could also opt in on the show notes, but if you sign up for our newsletter, occasionally we'll send out an email where you can submit or we'll send out, sorry, not an email. Yeah, we'll send out a newsletter with a, a link to submit questions for Ask Angie and Laura. So this is a perk only for our newsletter subscribers we want to keep in touch with you so be sure to sign up for a newsletter and also if you have a burning question or if you want a personalized feng shui reading a real quickie uh, we have a practical feng shui course Uh, we have one in june and one in july they're already up now for enrollment so we hope to see you at one of those so we have judy who submitted a question and her question is When preparing to move, is there a way to leverage feng shui to yield results knowing you won't be staying in your current space? So I'll start with this, Laura, unless you have an idea.
1: No, no, you go, you start, you start. So
0: this is a great question. And this is a question that comes up a lot because sometimes people will email us and even students will say, I'm going to move. How do I work with this feng shui? Or if I'm living in a temporary space. And you know, in general, if you know you're going to leave like in a month, then wait and work on your new space, and that I think that makes sense. But if you are going to move in a year or so, I think it's something to consider. That uh, a year is an awful lot t- of time, and this idea of being in the present moment is really important. Because I remember when I was younger, like in my twenties and I lived in rentals with roommates, you, I wouldn't invest in my space. And I'd be like, one day I'll invest in my space when I have my own space, but I wouldn't invest in my space. And then every, but then everywhere I lived felt temporary and there wasn't a lot of stability or support. So I think, you know, it depends, Judy, if it, you're preparing to move like in a year or you're moving next week. But even if you're moving next week, you can absolutely leverage feng shui. You can incorporate feng shui techniques. And I also did like a whole blog post and like an Instagram story about like using feng shui when you're traveling, because you can, there are things that you can do to have the place you're staying accommodate you more. And it may not be the same feng shui techniques, but it makes sense to recognize that where you are now, even if you're only there for a night, it is helpful to create a space that supports you. So Laura, what would you say?
1: I think knowing that you won't be staying in your current space. So there's stuff that you can do that's not that's not permanent. And I always, you know, we always talk about how feng shui works in realms. So, you know, your personal chi is one, you know, you, your bed, uh, your bedroom, your home, then your, you know, your immediate neighborhood, then your street, street, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then all the way out to your country and then blah, you know, all the way out. So, And we get questions like this again, too, from, you know, students that are living in spaces where it's like a common, they're, you know, they only have their room and they, 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 there's common areas. And we just say, you know, work on your bedroom. So wherever you are. So if you're in a temporary space or in a rental or something, and you know, you're going to move or you're you know, focus on the bedroom then. So, you know, make sure that you're, you have, you know, your nice set of sheets that you've, you know, you've kept it clean that, you know, you maybe have, maybe you took out of storage, your your, um, proper side tables, you actually mounted your headboard, things like that, you know, like to what Angie said is making it a home. So don't worry about the whole house, but maybe focus on the bedroom. Um, And then you, that will make, that will make you actually feel much more calm and collected and it'll give you some sense of grounding, I think.
0: Yeah. And also when preparing to move, you can also give gratitude to the home that you're leaving and to the house spirit and the energies that supported you. Whether or not you, it was a pleasant experience, difficult experience, neutral experience, but you still can have gratitude for whatever experience you had in that space, and create a like a beautiful like celebratory rite of passage, saying goodbye, and welcoming the new. And when we do this, because because in our modern age, a lot of us have forgotten these rites of passage and celebrating those things to create closure. And so it would be, I think, a beautiful ritual to take some time, thank the home, and also bless the home, and then leave it as if, ah, this is another Zen adage that I love that one of my teachers always says, leave things as if you were never there in the first place. So say goodbye, let go of the attachments, let the next family come in and really make that place their own and let go of your attachments and find some closure because when you can say goodbye and close things, you can welcome new beginnings. Okay, thank you for your question, Judy, and thank you for listening. So the next question is from Christy. And Chrissy, sorry, Chrissy, Christy, sorry, Chrissy. Chrissy with an I-E, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E. Chrissy asked, my son's room is in the love corner. So, what does one do when Laura? What do you do if your son, if your kid's room is in the relationship
1: area? There are many, there are many bagwas. Okay, first off, um, in your home, just to make your life easier, if you're trying to bagwa something that isn't the main floor and isn't fairly straightforward, and you're still quite a beginner and you're just new to this, and you're not working with a consultant, then yeah, you can kind of have these questions and start to get a little concerned and worried, right? So before you get there. First, just focus on the main floor, okay? Even backing up further, just focus on your bedroom. So your son's bedroom may or may not be in the love corner. We should probably would want to double check that. And even if it is, it's not a big deal because there are many other um, there's many bagwas and many ways to activate it. And not every part of your house is a feng shui adjustment and you know you have to be really intentional and you know decide that this is what you want to do and if you want to activate this area or there's something that needs to be corrected you know there are ways you can do it so first off don't worry Second of all, if you are really concerned about like, this is bringing up something for you. Like there's a reason why you're concerned about this. We really do recommend you work with a feng shui consultant because we don't want you to go create, we don't want you to make yourself crazy. And we, and, and you know, we, this might not even be, you know, it might not, you might, you might not even have this issue. It's not that it's an issue, but you might not even have in, an issue. So Work with a professional if you really, if there's something there, like the reason that you're looking at this and you're concerned, because there's so many other things that uh, consultants and and practitioners can do for you around love, relationships, intimacy, partnership, self-love, all that stuff, like beyond just like looking at the bagua. Just, I want to say that for, first off. And we don't, we don't really worry about what room is in what gua, unless we're talking about a bathroom and maybe the stove or something. And then again, you're looking at it a little bit more um, technical, right? And there's still, there's still, it still depends, right? So I would say focus on your bedroom. Don't worry about your son's, the love corner overall and whatever's happening there. Focus on your bedroom, find the love corner in your bedroom, and then, you know, do whatever adjustments you want to do around uh, relationships, partnerships, all that stuff in your bedroom. That's what I would yeah,
0: say. Yeah. And we have episodes on that, but Everything that Laura said. Plus, I would also say, you know, if you work with a consultant, you'll start to see that there could be a lot of benefits to having a child's bedroom in the relationship area. Because, for instance, it may it also represents the feminine principle. It represents the relationship with the mother. It might mean that your son is very connected to you as the mother. It could mean that your son is very embodied. In his feminine side is very embodied and, or very connected. So it could mean a lot of really positive things or that he has the ability to connect with you and the mother lineage of your family. So there's many, many, many nuances. And Lauren, I always come from the approach of, uh, instead of looking at a very fear-based, like, oh no, dun, dun, dun. What is it, what's going to happen? <laughs> My life is over. My, I mean, the reason why your son the reason why you may have a problem with your relationships may have something to do with your son, but it's not his fault. And it's not necessarily because he's, his room is in the left corner, but it may give you some indication on, I mean, it just depends on the person. Maybe, maybe your son holds a place in your life that kind of block because you're so focused on your son. You're not focused on, you're receiving a relationship or, or receiving a male partnership, who knows? We'd have to work with you directly, but, but the quick answer is there's no problem with your son having his room in the, in the relationship area. Okay, question number three is very similar actually. <laughs> From Van, they asked, what can you do if a bathroom is located in the relationship corner of your bedroom? which is the, you know, similar question. So Chrissy asked about my son's room is in the relationship corner. Now Van is asking about the bathroom in the relationship corner.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, I would say it depends, but toilets and bathrooms are, that's uh, draining energy. That's what people know about feng shui is they know that ba- they just, if they know one thing, it's like, oh my God, bathrooms are somewhere and it's the end of the world. So I think, again, that's that don't don't take a fear-based approach, try not to look at your house and find the worst feng shui things about them. Maybe try and look at your house and find positive things to start with. But I get it. It's concerning because you've read stuff probably and you've come across things. So yes, it's draining energy, but actually when you approach this at a more advanced level, kun, which is the relationship area, is actually one of the least affected areas of the bagua that when they have a toilet in it i'm not going to get into the details on what it's more of like an advanced you know practitioner kind of way of looking at it and there's an adjustment that you do um for it that plays off of that and if you work with a consultant you know they would share that with you but what i will share with you is that the area of coin is a coin of partnerships relationship corner area we're calling it it's all those things it's got many layers to it um, is an earth area and it's a yin earth area. So it's a receptive earth area. So if you wanted to, you could add in, this is a very sort of simple way to do it, but it, it can make you feel better about the situation and to make you like you've, you're you uh, you're, um, proactive about it, you can add in the earth element. And so the earth element could be the color yellow, it could be earthy finish uh, finishes, It could be a ceramic pot, you know, with, um, with a plant in it that has earth in it as well, depending on your light source. So, you know, that's what I would say around that, that, that you can, you can do a simple fix, but you, again, if you want to get really deep into it and see what's going on, work with a consultant.
0: Yeah. And I would also clarify that Van said, what can you do if a bathroom is located in the relationship corner of your bedroom? So generally mm-hmm. a bathroom is not in your bedroom. It could be in your bedroom suite. So technically the bathroom is not in your bedroom because your your bathroom is a different room. So you might not even have a problem at all. So this is mm-hmm. a, this is a case where maybe you need to double check. Same, your yeah, yeah, same thing.
1: Out same thing as Chrissy's, you know, good to, good to double check that, you know, you may be creating grief and worry about something that you don't even need to think about. So, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. okay. And last but not least, Angela Falcon, Ms. Falcon, Ms. Falcon Astus. I have a clear quartz crystal ball about eight inches in diameter. <laughs> so it's not a functional crystal ball. So that's the first thing. So, okay. And she said, where would you put it? Can't decide. So We So this is a fun question because I think that people don't know what a feng shui crystal ball is. So when we talk about a feng shui crystal ball, it is a faceted glass crystal ball. However, it's not going to be eight inches in diameter. They're usually more like four, the ones that we typically recommend are 40 millimeters in diameter, which is about an inch or an inch and a quarter. Mm -hmm. So, so you're talking about like one of those crystal balls that It's an earth,
1: it gets from the earth and it's been formed and like polished into a ball.
0: Yeah, so that's clear crystal quartz. Yeah, so when we, so this is a great question because people get confused. That's not a feng shui crystal ball, but it's just a piece of quartz, basically, is what you're saying. So, the end of last year and the beginning of this year, Laura and I put together a fun program for because we do a program every year for Chinese New Year and the end of the Western New Year and this year we focused the teachings on we did a whole crystal thing and maybe we'll put it we'll we'll play on that some other time soon but it's not available anymore but you know there's different ways you can look at crystals so naturally occurring crystals are not necessarily feng shui adjustments but when you work with a skillful feng shui practitioner they can use a crystal, like they could use a paint color. It's just a tool or something that you can apply to your home for a specific reason. So we would need to know more about you and what you want to achieve, to know where you want to put it. But my answer for you would be like, Angela, take a moment, take a deep inhale, long exhale. And if you think about this crystal ball and you can even hold this eight inch diameter crystal ball in your hand and just like meditate with it. And then just let your home tell you where it should go, because at this point, your guess is as good as mine,
1: (laughs) right? Yes. Um, I think that's, you know, it's good for her to decide because again, not everything is a feng shui adjustment. So she can put it somewhere where she loves it and where she can look at it and, and, um, Um, And appreciate it because crystals aren't a traditional feng shui adjustment, but they do represent the earth element because they come from the earth. So that's it. So that's one thing. And the shape, you could always look to the shape of it, which is round. Um, and there's a particular area in the Bagua where you could put that, which is helpful people. And so there are there are things you could do with it um, because and it's an earth, it's an earth element and it's round. It's a it might be a nice thing to activate your helpful people area. If I had, if you sort of showed me and I was in your home and we were walking around and you said, Oh, I have this and I really love it, where do you think I should put it to activate it? I'd probably say that. eight inches is a big that's big it's big yeah but you put it on display somewhere it's like eight inches is like yeah it's like it's the size of your head yeah that's a big crystal that's a big piece of crystal quartz or clear clear quartz
0: well thank you to judy chrissy van and angela for your questions and thanks everyone else for submitting the question, the question. So we'll do a whole new form for the next ask Angie and Laura. So again, be sure to sign up for our newsletter to get notified on that. And if you submitted a question we didn't answer it, it was probably because it's, it was so specific. It wasn't going to be useful for a podcast episode, but it's definitely a good one to, these are good ones to ask a consultant or um, or there is, I think a lot of them were just so specific that it's better for you to ask a consultant and it's not something we could have answered generically. So we look forward to the next Ask Angie and Laura or ask, is it Ask Angie and Laura or Ask Laura and Angie?
1: You want, well, I don't like know. Your up. <laughs> I think it should be, uh, doesn't matter. Ask Laura, ch- I think it's Ask Angie oh, yeah, Even though if I'm looking right here on the tab and I'm reading it, it says Ask Laura and Angie. I know but the other one we called it ask angie and laura i don't think it matters
0: okay So, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of the holistic spaces podcast you can tune in every monday for a new podcast episode if you like our podcast and this episode please share it with others you can subscribe and leave a review if you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level You can visit our website, online store and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can um, sign up for our practical feng shui class and please sign up for our newsletter. Go to mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll down to the bottom and that's where you can sign up for a newsletter. There also might be something in the show notes too. Thank you so much and we will see you next time.